thank you for choosing to listen to Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That was the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job. And if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until the time I retired. The thought of that scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which actually started with my decision to start my own business. And by following a very windy road, it led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who were like the old me. I help busy working mums who are tired and exhausted take back control and create the life they really want. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me and Mummy on a Break on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing ordinary mums like you and me who are mums in business. My guest today is Rachel Mason. Rachel is a multi-award winning songwriter, singing teacher, arranger, performer and international vocal judge. Rachel was also recently crowned Freelancer of the Year 2019 by the Association for Independent Professionals and the Self-Employed. Welcome, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for having me. No worries. So first of all, tell us a bit about yourself, your story and how you got to where you are today so our listeners can get a sense of who you are. Okay. Um, I started being freelance about 15 years ago. I was working for a, um, a, a company doing admin and I hated it. It was so miserable and there's nothing like misery to <laughs> activate you into doing something else. Um, and I thought, right, I really want to teach singing. So I got in touch with loads of local schools and asked if they'd like to have a singing teacher come in. And a few of them got back in touch. And it gradually built up enough work for me to leave the kind of nine-to-five job. And I was teaching from home as well. And, and before I knew it, I was, I was living the freelance dream, which was awesome. So essentially, I've done that for 15 years. But then I've kind of added on more stuff as I've gone. Um, so I started running a show choir when Glee was like the thing yeah which was pretty cool because it was it was yeah it was really popular then um and we did lots of stuff traveled all over the world and did lots of performances and um and then from that um i got in got um, invited to do lots of judging abroad which i always found hilarious because americans are the show choir specialists yeah show choir originated there so i'm like why do you want me i'm british what do you want i don't know anything um but they were lovely so i've got to do absolutely tons of judging and met some amazing people who were just so inspirational and clever and creative and that's been been absolutely lovely um and then um 
yeah, I've done, yeah, got so many other things. Lots of things sort of pop up. Someone goes, oh, can you arrange something for me? Can you do this? And I go, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then suddenly I'm an arranger. <laughs> okay. And, um, and then I met my husband um, five years ago and we got married and had our children. And then suddenly I was a working mum, which mm. I hadn't been before. Um, so that was a big sort of shift to try and balance all the different things, all the different projects I kind of run, but with looking after two little people. And, um, and that was quite tough. And I developed postnatal depression um, during that time, which, was, which wasn't great, but it, it's so, it happens so frequently for mums um, that I was, yeah, I was filming a television show at the time and doing all kinds of things and was actually really struggling on the inside mm. but didn't say anything. Um, and, um, and then I, I kind of finally admitted it. Um, people I knew and people who were sort of fans of the TV show and things all got in touch and were like, oh my gosh, I've struggled with the same thing. And, and they were so open and they wanted kind of, they wanted my advice and help. And it's not like I'm a medical professional, but I could sort of share what, what helped me. Yes. And so from that, I set up Lyrical Light, which is my like songwriting workshop for people with postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. So I go and work with... Um, different charities like Pandas and Mothers for Mothers and we write songs together and record them and then they've got their own anthem of oh, things wow, they've got through. Oh, that's so nice. So that's, that was lovely. That felt like like two things that were really important to me, like being a mum mm-hmm. and mental health mm-hmm. and music. They yeah. all kind of came together in that, which felt incredible. And it was, it was the honesty that, that brought that together. If I'd kept it all inside and not told anyone I was struggling, then that wouldn't exist now. No. So that felt like actually a good thing to publicly talk about it. Um, and I also run a, um, what else do I do? Yeah, a music management um, business. So I manage the careers of sort of young pop stars, kind of helping them do different things. And yeah. Um, so you do quite a bit really then. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I always think of myself as a bit lazy and people sort of go, oh, you're mental. But I'm like, I don't know, I just get inspired by an idea and then I want to mm. run with it. And I think a lot of the people at Freelance Mum are like that. We're so kind of full of ideas and creativity. Mm. We're like, yeah, we want to do this. We've come up with this idea. Yeah. And, yeah. So I find it really hard to turn something down if I really, really, really want it and really passionate about it. And I, yeah, I just want to do it <laughs> but I suppose that's the thing isn't it if you're doing something that you're passionate about you're mm. energized by it so actually it's not a chore because yeah. you want to do it it's not you have to do it absolutely yeah yeah so was there an actual trigger to starting a business or was it exactly what you said which is you were doing admin where you really didn't want to be doing it <laughs> and you knew you didn't want to be doing it and it just sort of happened um organically rather than going right today i'm going to start a business yeah it was it was fairly organic i did have to push quite a lot to i'm quite people often say my middle name should be tenacious because i just push and push and push and push in a nice way hopefully to to to, like everything (laughs) what i want um but um but yeah so i kind of yeah contacted all these schools and eventually someone says oh yeah yeah we actually need a singing teacher so i gradually built it up um, so I wasn't going to be sort of bankrupt <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I yeah, could yeah. gradually leave one thing and go into the other thing so it meant for a while I was doing essentially two jobs mm. which was really really exhausting but you you kind of have to before you know mm. that you can financially survive on the, the dream job yeah and, yeah and then I could yeah it took about took about six seven months to kind of 
build up enough work so that I could actually properly weave my mm. admin job and then I was yeah and I was I was suddenly freelance <laughs> and I think that's probably the thing isn't it people think that they've got to end one thing mm. to start something else but if you have an idea then probably for a while until unless like you said you've got that financial stability there is going to be a bit of juggling yeah until yeah. you can like happily let go of what, what is what was stable mm. to doing what you actually want to be doing. Definitely, and you've got time to kind of play around with it slightly and, and see what kind of works for you in terms mm. of hours and fees and different things. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I often refer to it as like my side hustle <laughs> before it became my yeah. main hustle. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and that, that worked for me because it's quite scary to suddenly go from, and I was quite, I was in my 20s then, but still, you, you still have to, pay the bills yeah, and, you, you know things so I yeah so I had to try and make good choices which um which yeah has panned out pretty well I think which is what I'm really pleased about that I get to do this job and so when you had your children mm-hmm. you've obviously talked about the postnatal depression but what how did things change because you're already in business and then all of a sudden you obviously have this massive life event mm. having children which it's just throwing another ball into play. Yeah. Another two balls. A two, yeah. two balls. How how did you manage to like have you know you've got everything sorted, and then you have two beautiful beautiful children come into your life, and you know you need to change things. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm incredibly fortunate that I've got an amazing family. My husband is hugely supportive, and he does loads with the children. He's a really really kind of hands on dad, and he's amazing. And my parents live nearby. My mum's upstairs with the kids now, which is enabling me to do this podcast, <laughs> which is great. And um, yeah, we've got lot, we've got a really lovely support network. So it's very much a kind of team effort. I absolutely couldn't do it mm. on my own. Um, but I think the amount of time I wanted to spend with them kind of took me by surprise. I thought, oh, it's fine. It, I'll not exactly treat it like another job, but I'll be able to do this with them and then I'll go off and teach and it'll be fine. And I, I do miss them when I'm not with yeah. them. If I have to go away and work, I try and limit the amount of time I have away now because I don't really want to be away from them. Yeah. And they, the older they're getting, the more they realise I'm not here and, and miss me. Um, but yeah, I love... I, I've never thought I'd be so invested in kind of family time and just doing things, just, you know, me and my husband and the two kids. We, even if we're not doing anything massively exciting if we're just watching Aladdin and having a little dance around the lounge that's actually really nice and I've mm. never really put value on that kind of time before but now it's actually really precious mm. so I've had to kind of balance things so I try not to fill every single evening and every single weekend and every single everything I try and say nope nope we're gonna do we're just gonna be a family here and we can go off for the day and do get the Tinsfield or go to the shops or the park or whatever and actually see that as a, a block of time that's actually worth saving mm. for the people that I love yeah 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 <laughs> so what's what would you say has been your biggest challenge since both becoming a business owner mm-hmm. but then being a business owner and a mum in business oh that's quite tricky I think oh gosh lots of lots of little things come up all the time and you think right how am I gonna how am I gonna tackle this and then you just sort of do <laughs> somehow. But I think 
one of my biggest things was was initially being brave enough to go to go freelance to begin with because I kept thinking well I'm not clever enough to do this there's people who are who are really brainy and can do you know that, that think oh, I'm just an idiot I don't know I don't I hope it's not just me who thinks that, <laughs> that we're that we're not equipped to do these things but it took me a long time to have the courage to actually have faith in myself that I could do it mm. um so that was a, a big stumbling block at the beginning to actually believe in myself enough yeah. to essentially you are the product um yeah. you know with yeah, what I do yeah, yeah. and um that took quite a long time to to kind of to, to believe that really and accept it so that was a fairly major hurdle at the beginning and then since I've become a mum I think my my kind of main sort of issue has been knowing what to take on and what not to take on because I'm a I'm a kind of say yes say yes person and yeah that's I'm renowned for that <laughs> which is why my career is so crazy and yes. so many things in yeah, it. yeah um but I have to really try and think now like there are two people who don't understand when I go away and mm. why I have to go away so I try and choose really carefully what I'm going to do and I have to say no to some things because it's just not fair on them and yeah. um I but it's not fair on you either though is it because yeah. in a sense if I think we're very good as mums like putting it in the direction of the children but like mm. you said earlier you want to spend time with them. So it's not just yeah. them wanting to spend time with you, you want to spend time with them. So if you were to say yes to everything, it then sort of becomes unfair on the fact that it's encroaching on your time yeah. that you want to spend with your children. Definitely. And um, yeah, I was doing a lot more work in the evenings. So I was doing, um, I was running a, a show choir on a Thursday evening with one of my really close friends who's a professional dancer and she's awesome. We were running that together for the last few years before I had Layla. Mm -hmm. And Emma's got two children as well who are a little bit older, so they're now at, kind of at school and preschool. Um, but yeah, essentially we've run this choir with four kids, which, you know, our own four kids and then everybody else's kids that are there, which has been really good, but enormously involved. And there's so much admin to do. And we performed in Disneyland Paris and we did all kinds Amazing. of stuff. Well, I was about to give birth then to Layla. Oh my so I goodness. could go to Emma. <laughs> <laughs> took them with like a kind of staff team, but she took them on her own. Yeah. Because she is amazing. Um, because mums are amazing. Because mums are amazing. She like she is super amazing. She's such a great example to me. Um, and then I realised, gosh, I'm out a lot in the evenings, and mm. I come home so late after their bedtime. I don't mm. get to do their bedtime, and and um, our one year old is just happy whenever I'm around. But he but Layla started to get a little bit like, oh, I don't I don't want you to do my bedtime. I don't. You know, she's yeah. she's fairly headstrong and she loves me, but <laughs> she was she was starting to reject me at times where I often wasn't there. Yeah. Um and, and she would always choose um her dad to do things. And I thought, Oh, it actually makes me really sad that she's used to me not being there and so therefore doesn't want me there when I am there and that that was actually quite hard to to kind of swallow and I thought I really need to make a change. So I so over the summer holidays Emma and I talked and she's taken on the show choir because she is super mum. She can do everything. And I've stepped back from that. Um, so I'm still involved, but much more loosely. And I don't have to go there on Thursday evenings. Mm. So it means that I finish teaching much, much earlier here. And then I'm just home. And it's, it's really nice to just be with the children. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's, that's made quite a big difference. But that was really hard to let go of because it's something that I've... That Emma and I set up together. It's like our 
our joint baby. Yeah, it's your <laughs> third baby. Our third baby, exactly. <laughs> um, but it felt the right thing to do for my family. Mm. And so that felt quite a big step for me to, you know, people were like, mm. oh gosh, you're not doing that anymore. I thought that was, you know, your thing. And I was like, yeah, it was, but my kids are my, my yeah. thing. <laughs> you know, that I have to prioritise them. And I wanted to prioritise them. And that felt quite a big shift for me to, mm. to actually really want to rather than think oh no it'll be fine we'll just we'll just manage so what's the best thing you've done you've talked about like your challenge but what is the best thing you've done apart from obviously your two children yeah um i think probably um it was doing the tv show sing ultimate acapella on sky one which was the <laughs> happened at the weirdest possible time in my life because i'd just had Layla, so I was covered in baby sick and you know, and just yeah, all, we've all been there. Yeah, 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 and my maternity <laughs> job is just looking disgusting, I hadn't washed my hair for about two weeks. And and yeah, I'd given birth eight weeks ago, so you're still in the fairly oh my goodness, gross kind of yeah. bit about everything. Thinking, I don't know if I can even do this parenting thing. And I suddenly got an email from totally out of the blue from the television company who were making the show for Sky. And they explained the show and they said, um, and we want a panel of um, acapella judges who are specialists in what they do. We don't want kind of TV personalities who just give sound bites, kind of, you made it your own kind mm. of things, mentioning no names. Um, and, um, and I thought, oh, you, oh, and I just read this email. It was like, you, you're exactly what we want. And I looked at myself and I just thought, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I am. I really don't think I am. So I rang them the next day and said, look, I've just had a baby. Um, I look pretty gross at the moment. I don't think I'm TV ready and I don't think you're really going to want the me that is now. You probably want the me from five years ago. And they were like, no, no, we really, we really, really want you. So I was like, oh, okay. And they said, what can we do to make this work? And I, I know, I was like, oh my goodness. And my husband said, well, we could we could do it if I came as well and we brought Layla because I'd already um, stopped breastfeeding by that point. Okay. So, so she was on um, formula um, and Tom was perfectly happy feeding her and carrying her around in the baby Bjorn and stuff. He was great. Oh, such a new, new age dad. It was amazing. And Tom was like, well, yeah, if we, if we all went, mm. we could do it because then you wouldn't be away from her for a whole week mm. um, and we could, we could manage that. And so the... Um, they were like, yeah, okay. So they put us up in a suite in London so we could make Layla's bottles up and there was enough space for a cot because hotels are quite small in London. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we would spend the morning together, we went into the London Eye or Tower of London or something. Yeah. And then I'd get picked up to go to the Troxy to film the show and then we had the Strictly Come Dancing hair and makeup team, were our hair and makeup team. And they were just the loveliest people. Nearly all of them are working mums and dads as well. Yeah. So they, I would rock up in my maternity joggers with a coffee, looking like death. And they would <laughs> do me up and were just lovely and so sweet and kind. And then I'd feel like, yeah, I can, I can go and do this. And we'd film the show. And then I'd get taken back to the hotel. Or I'd back to back reality. In, back to reality. Back in my joggers. Oh. <laughs> and that was... Um, that was kind of summed up my kind of bizarre working mum life yeah, yeah. thing that week and it was incredible that the that they the tv show believed in me enough to want to have me and would work around the fact that I just had a baby so that felt amazing actually like a real win for working mums yeah that, that was yeah. really lovely of them um 
and it was it was like oh yeah we can we can kind of do this as a mm. family mm. and um Layla was pretty fine there's pictures of her outside Buckingham Palace with Tom <laughs> and like she's she's fine she's about three months old didn't really know what was going on um yeah and then when it aired on tv people were like oh my gosh that's mad that you've done that and I was a bit like yeah kind of is mad but so many amazing things have, have come from that and I got to work with like Midjore and the Vamps and Kat Dealey was the host oh now and I'm getting a bit envious and she's like super nice her hair smells nicer than her like, hair. Yeah. She gave me a hug and I was like, God, her hair was like... She has the nicest hair ever anyway, but it smelled amazing. And uh, <laughs> she, she was just... Cause she's a, and she had to be away abroad from her son because she yeah. came back to the UK and her yeah, little yeah. boy... And she was actually pregnant then but um, with her second, mm. but only a little yeah, bit yeah. pregnant, so she hadn't announced it. But she was away from Milo. He was in, in LA and, she yeah. was in, and I thought, oh gosh, that's goodness. really hard. Yeah. I got to go back every evening to the hotel yeah. and see Layla. But she was completely away for a week, which I hadn't really appreciated till after. I thought, gosh, that must have been really hard actually yeah. for her. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a great experience. And the other judges were lovely, and we've worked together lots since and done lots of things together. And yeah, it's just it was an incredible experience that's led on to so many other things, which is you can't honestly see Rachel's face but as she's talking about this. She's she's a bit like a Cheshire cat. She has a smile. <laughs> From it, you can tell, you can tell it was an, an awesome experience. <laughs> and like you said, being a mum, you think that if there's a barrier in the way, mm. because it's, it's all too difficult, then yeah. opportunities will just pass you by. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think being freelance, that's really hard because if you start saying no to things, then people stop asking you because they'll, th- they'll just think, oh, well, there's no point because she'll say no. Mm. Um, and there's some people like, people like Sheena Easton, the singer, she just, and Kate Bush, they just stopped doing everything for years to raise their kids. Mm. And now, years later, now they're in their sort of 50s and mm. they're saying yes to things again. But they already had a, a high level of fame, so yeah. they're able to come back into it. Whereas I am nowhere near that famous. People always kind of go, oh, you're a celebrity, are you? And I'm like, no, not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really at all. Um, so I know that if I say no to a lot of things, mm. it probably won't get offered again. Mm. And Sing Ultimate Acapella only filmed one series, so if I'd said no, there would have never been another opportunity. Yeah. So it's, it is hard sometimes to know when to say yes and when to say no. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's a real struggle. And you feel that, you know, someone said to me once, with the work, being a working mum, people expect you to work like you don't have children and expect you yeah. to have children like you don't work. Yeah. And you just think, what? You just feel like it's lose lose all the time. Like yeah. you're doing a terrible that's, job yeah. of everything. That's just impossible. That literally yeah. is impossible. It is. Like there aren't enough hours in the day to do that and to kind of turn things off in your mind. Like, mm. I now don't care about my kids because yeah. I need to work. Like, yeah. That's just not who we are no, as mums. Not at we, all. we think about them all the time because they're our children. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's. So yeah, it's, it's, it's easy for working mums, I think, to just be really hard on ourselves. Mm. Um, and that's actually quite a big stumbling block, just to get to get past that. And one of the first things you said to me today mm. was actually, we are doing a really good job. Mm. We actually are doing a really we good are. job as as working mums. And it, and we have to, it's almost like a mantra. We need to keep telling ourselves that because it's so easy to just think, oh, I'm not really. Oh, actually, I'm a bit terrible at this. But it's a slippery slope. Once you start believing that, then you. Well, it is, and I think you start. It's easier to focus on where we think we've done a bad job or yeah. we failed, rather than going. Oh, do you know what? The other day, 
I did X, Y, and Z. And that is amazing. That's like an achievement. It's mm. easier to go, oh, oh, have you seen my kitchen? Oh, my goodness, I haven't <laughs> yeah. done the washing up yet. And it's just like, you know, context. You've got to celebrate yeah. like the good things rather than like focusing on the not so good things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> so what drives you or who drives you and who inspires you and motivates you um gosh well my family because I now need to make sure I work so that we can buy stuff but <laughs> kids always need new clothes and new shoes what is up with that oh, <laughs> constantly it, it, it growing does, it gets better it gets oh, better, it gets better. <laughs> um but yeah I mean there's lots of lots of people that I really look up to in the music industry and I just think oh gosh they're amazing and you know we'll think different things they've done um and then lots of working mums, like Unmumsy Mum, I think is brilliant. She's just so funny and so real. And I, I love that about <laughs> pictures of her having to have a baby and coming over from hospital, kind of waddling and going, ow. I was just like, yes, that's so normal rather than yeah, doing yeah. this airbrushed yeah. picture. Um, so that's, so reading their books and things have been really enlightening. I'm like, oh, actually, you can be quite real. You don't have to pretend everything's perfect and, you know, all the time, which I was doing quite a lot which wasn't very fair to other mums because it mm. it made it look like I had it all together when I didn't actually and so then they would have to if they wanted to kind of be like me mm. they'd have to also be really artificial and that's yeah. not that's not it's not fair um but yeah my 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 husband really inspires me he's um He's the complete opposite of me in that he does the kind of normal person's job. So he's he does um, <laughs> sciencey things and clever person things, which is hilarious because I did not pass physics at school and I've married a physicist, which uh, so hopefully my kids will get his physics genes. And um, your creative genes. And my, but yeah, and then they can take over the world. Yeah. They'll be like these superheroes. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, he's such an enabler. He's so, like I've achieved so much more since I've known him because he said to me, it doesn't matter if you fail if you just try go for it mm. and I'm gonna love you anyway it doesn't mm. matter right you, you know my love for you is not based on how much you succeed or how much mm. money you make or anything and that kind of really set me free to do to try all these different things so he's uh yeah he's he's pretty awesome and my parents are amazing and so supportive and you know having a daughter <laughs> becoming a musician it's fairly risky you know some people would say don't do that as a terrible choice of career but they've always been so supportive and so proud of everything I've done and you know they support me um, practically as well by looking after the children mm. while I'm working which means they've got a brilliant relationship with with the kids which is just lovely they just adore them um, and my sister um, is incredible as well she she she's done so many different jobs she's just incredible she's so driven I think it's just something in our family the two of us are like we keep achieving things we're very very driven um and yeah she's she's wonderful and loving too and we're really proud of each other we're very different from each other we do different things but we are so proud when the other one achieves something and if they're not achieving something we love them anyway we're yeah. just like i'm here for you come yeah. on and have a cuddle in your joggers Aww. and we'll you know we'll watch strictly and have some tea and i think you need that kind of normality as well where you don't have to be kind of someone fantastic all the time because 
yeah, we're often not. <laughs> we're just normal. And We are, we're down yeah. to earth. I think that is really important, isn't it? Having a um, support network, mm. no matter whether it is family or friends, mm. because it's just so difficult to do things if you feel isolated yes. and alone. Absolutely. And you've got no one to kind of bounce ideas off or no one to say, mm, maybe you are doing a little bit too much here, or maybe just give yourself a break, mm. or maybe give yourself a longer time frame to do this, or something so you need you need that sometimes because mm. it can be quite isolating being a sole trader as well because mm. it is all on you mm. and um yeah you do need that that support network a lot I definitely mm. needed that I couldn't have survived without it <laughs> so what is the ultimate goal if you're imagine you know it's I don't know 40 years down the line you're, <laughs> you're, you're like fully retired and you're looking back at your life what would the ultimate goal have been Ooh. Gosh, that's that's tricky because my 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 career has sort of gone all a bit left at the traffic mm. lights at some point. So I I find I have a main you know, my main goal when I set out was like I want to teach singing, and now that's just one of the kind of strings to my bow. Um, so what I feel at the moment I want to do is much more stuff with um, mental maternal mental health mm-hmm. and creativity, and there seems to be a huge rise in people more openly talking about it now mm. which is amazing so I feel quite drawn to doing things there to try and help mm. people um, so that that at the moment feels like that's my next kind of project my next thing to do but then probably something else will come from that and people offer me weird things all the time because I'm a bit crazy I, I would refer to myself as like the, the bad influence magnet like the nicest in the nicest way <laughs> so I went to the well child awards last yes. year and then this year yeah. and I always end up being put next to a person who is the most fun person there but is also a really bad influence so we're the people who take our shoes off under the table and like eat everybody else's desserts because the celebrities <laughs> don't really eat them so we're like yeah get Kirsty Gallagher's dessert yeah yeah she won't eat that they just leave all their food and we're like it's really nice I'll eat that um and I'd sat last year when I was massively pregnant, I was about to drop, I was so pregnant, I sat next to one of the well child nurses, Vicky, who is hilarious and we had so much fun. And um, and she saw me again this year and she was like, Rachel! And then she's had this crazy idea of a project for me to do with the well child nurses. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be so cool. And that's not something that I thought of mm. doing, but suddenly people come up with this idea and if I feel the kind of, that spark of creativity, yeah, I'll, I'll fit that in somewhere, work out how to do it. And um, so, yeah, that was something I hadn't ever thought of, but now it's a, a, a possible possibility. If Welsh holds say yes to it, then it, it might happen. So, I, who, who knows? In 40 years, I might have this bizarre career where I've suddenly become a, I don't know, underwater deep sea diver musician. Or That's unlikely. But that would be amazing, that would be, yeah. That would be really like. You would have a superpower if you could do that. <laughs> At the moment, I just have a synesthesia where I can see music as colours. That's my only superpower, which is ma- mostly useless. I don't it's, like that. It's, it's quite cool. Yeah, they've referred to it as my superpower, but it's, it's not, it, you know, I can't fly or, you know, heal anyone, which, which would be more useful as a superpower. Or, like, do the laundry without me having to actually do the laundry. That would be the best superpower. Oh, if you could do that, I think everybody would, like, buy it from your game. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll franchise it, Work yeah. on that one. Okay, so, what is the best advice anyone has given you? Gosh, um, 
well, it wasn't directly given to me, mm. but it was a bit of advice that completely changed my life. No cough. <coughs> um, Katie Tunstall, the singer, won a Brit Award. This must have been like the early 2000, no, when was it, about 2006, mm. seven, maybe? And um, she accepted her award, and she's someone who, who is deemed by the industry too old to be a singer, which is ridiculous, because she's, she's not at all, but mm. it, like men can go on to like 100 being yeah. famous, whereas women have this, apart from Madonna, who's yeah. like different, yes. um, women have this very tiny window in yeah. the industry, and after that they're kind of on the scrap heap, which yeah. is terrible. Um, and so she was told by so many people that she'd never make it and that she'd never do anything. Um, and then she won a Brit Award and she held it up in the air and she said, ladies, disregard your limits. And that totally, I just, I remember that so clearly. And I just thought, oh my gosh. And that was back when, before I was properly freelance. Mm. And I thought, yeah, people will always tell you mm. that you can't do this or you can't do that because you're a girl or because you're too old or because you're too this or because you do mm. that or you're not enough this, or you're not enough that. Mm. But actually, just do it anyway. And I thought, that that literally changed my life. And she yeah. didn't say it to me, yes. but it kind of felt like she said it to yeah. me, because that, that's made such a difference. And um, if I ever met her, I would thank her so much for that, because that, that she probably won't even remember having said that. That was probably just a thing she said yes. once. But yeah, that, that had a huge, huge impact on me. So taking that point... What is advice you would give our listeners? What advice would you give them on if they want to, whether it's start a business or go and do something that seems a bit scary? What's the best advice you would give them? I think believe in yourself. It's so easy at the beginning, just like me, to think, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do this. But you are. And if you've had this idea, then you're creative enough to have had the idea. So, and a lot of people don't. They'll just stay in a job they don't really like forever because they're not creative enough to come up with an idea but if you've got the idea then yeah start trying it and maybe to begin with do it as a side hustle just to see if it works Mm. and then build up and and you can do it and yeah believe in yourself and network with other people that's made a massive difference being part of freelance mum has Mm. like and all these totally amazing women like you and all the others they're just I'm just quite in awe I'm like oh my gosh these are like these are my people but they're so much (laughs) cleverer than me and they they're just (laughs) And, and they're all juggling being parents, having mm. these businesses, and you realise you're not alone, and other people can support you and yes. mentor you and help you. So actually, you know, being part of groups like, um, like Freelance Heroes and, and Freelance Mum, things like that, is actually really helpful, and you can ask advice. Because, yeah, when you're first starting out, you'll think, oh, well, like, I know how to do this, but I don't know how to do that. But there'll be someone who is good at that mm. who can help you. So definitely reaching out and, and getting a little network of people, um, even if you don't actually work with them, but them just being around to help support you as mm. you're starting off can make a huge difference. Oh, well, thank you, Rachel. So finally, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to get in touch with you, you're obviously on Instagram, you've got a website. How's the best way to get in touch with you if they've heard something that, they, that really resonates with them or they just want to follow you to see 
whether you do become an underwater <laughs> singing teacher. I thought what I said now. Something about, yeah. <laughs> I'm not great at scuba diving, so it's unlikely, but who knows? <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, Instagram, I'm Rachel Mason Music. Um, and I'm the, that's the same on, on Facebook as well. My website is Rachel Mason Music. And then on Twitter, I'm I am Rachel Mason because there's a lot of Rachel Masons who were all creatives. We're like there's millions of us, <laughs> but all very unique. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, Rachel, and thank you everybody for listening.